Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. I have indeed said this before. If you want to be a Republican, the number one requirement should be that you must be a huge hypocrite. And that goes for Republicans who are actually in the public service sector, you know, Congress, and within local and state legislatures, as well as supporters. So in this episode, I'm going to call the Republicans out once again for their hypocrisy. And we're going to talk about the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage, and how important our children are. If those things are of interest to you, stay tuned. Episode 124, Republican Hypocrisy, again. For a very long time, Republicans have made no reservations about the fact that they are against women having access to abortions. They say they're pro-life. And from the moment Roe v. Wade was passed, folks on the right side of the aisle complained and said they were going to take steps to get rid of Roe v. Wade. Well, it took them almost 50 years to do it. And during that period of time, they took whatever steps they possibly could at state and local levels to make abortion as inconvenient as possible for women, as if having an abortion was, oh, you know, I'm going to go get my hair done and I'm going to have my nails done and then I'm going to get an abortion. Not necessarily in that order, but we can go to dinner tonight, right? No big deal. Just, you know, another little errand that you have to run. Over the years, they have allowed protesters to scream and and yell at women trying to enter a clinic, even clinics that perform other women's health care services besides just abortions. I mean, yeah, let's uh, go and harass women on the sidewalks while they go in to have a mammography or whatever. Because that's what good, caring Christians who value life would do, right? We have seen this build to the point where clinics have been bombed. We've seen 
doctors who perform abortions shot dead while they're in church? Do you believe in hell? Anybody who thinks that is okay? Well, I can tell you where you're going. It's a one-way ticket, too, if you believe that. So, now that abortion is basically no longer legal in this country, that isn't good enough for Republicans. They have to make it even harder on women. And I've talked about all of this before, and I really would like to get off of this subject because, well, I'm a man and I don't have to worry about those kinds of things. But every time you turn around, I see Republicans basically attacking women. And the latest now is in more than a few states, Republicans are actually writing legislation to push bills through their local state legislatures that would bring the death penalty to women who had an abortion. Now, I got to tell you, the irony meter goes way off the scale on this one. Because that tells me that life is not all that precious. If you're going to put people to death for having an abortion, can someone explain to me why the life of something in the womb that can no longer sustain life on its own somehow is more valuable or worthy? than the life of a woman out walking around, a woman who might have a family and might have kids at home. I think a lot of Republicans in general are under the impression that most women seeking an abortion are sluts, loose women that go out and have sex with whoever they can pick up at a bar Every Friday or Saturday night, it's a different guy. And when they get pregnant, they want to go have an abortion so they can be right back out the next weekend at it again. And that's not really the way it is. Reality is, very often, abortions are married women who have gotten pregnant because they had sex with their husband, and for whatever reason, they don't want another child. Maybe it's because they can't afford another child. Having a child is expensive. If you are pregnant, you have to go see doctors to make sure everything is okay. You probably have to take uh, Vitamins, do special things to make sure that the baby's getting everything it needs. Then just the cost of delivering a child. That's not free. I don't know of too many hospitals that do that for free. And 
We all know it costs a lot of money to raise a kid for 18 years. Maybe they just can't afford it. Maybe there's a health reason. Maybe the woman has cancer and the doctors have said, we probably need to terminate this pregnancy so that you can undergo treatment for your cancer because it can't really wait nine months. There's lots of reasons why families may not want to have another kid. So Republicans have basically taken that away in most of the country. And these laws that the various states have passed are really barbaric is the only thing that I can think of. But it's almost as if somebody in the Republican Party is saying, oh, really? Well, here, hold my beer. Watch this. If you think that that's bad, if you think writing a law that says if a 10-year-old girl is raped by her uncle or her brother or her father or a 10-year-old girl is gang-raped and gets pregnant and nobody has any idea who the father is, she has to have that baby if she lives in my state. If you think that's bad, just try to top it. What can you come up with? Well, I think they may have figured out something at least equally bad, and that would be uh, women who have abortions should be criminally charged. And there are Republican lawmakers in several U.S. states that are introducing legislation proposing homicide and other criminal charges for those seeking abortion care. These bills have been introduced in states like Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kentucky, South Carolina. Recognize the, the pattern here. They're all red states and they're all in the South. And uh, some of these states are actually targeting medication abortion as well. That's where you take the two pills and it basically prevents you from getting pregnant. Self-managed abortion, if you bring on an abortion yourself by doing something. So these bills that they're writing would also remove provisions in the law, which in the past have protected pregnant women from being criminalized. And others are even trying to establish the fetus as a person from the point of conception. Now, it's my understanding that a woman can be pregnant for weeks and weeks and weeks before she even suspects she's pregnant. So if something happens, 
<laughs> she may not even know that she was pregnant, but she could be brought up on criminal charges. Seriously? There's a woman who lived in Texas who I believe needed to have an abortion. I believe there was something, there was an issue with the fetus. And she was not able to get an abortion in Texas because of current state laws that have been passed. And she mentioned that she was pregnant to a friend, one friend. She kept it quiet to everybody else and apparently went to Washington State to have an abortion. I think uh, maybe a sister lived up there. I think that's, I've heard so many nightmare stories. Anyway, now this woman is almost afraid to go back home to Texas because she's afraid if somebody finds out who she is or if this one friend who knows talks or if somebody puts two and two together that she left for a period of time these bounty hunters down in Texas could hunt her down and turn her in for having an abortion to get money. It, really? This is the country that we want to live in, really? I, I, I just think that that's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Now, some people say that these bills are extreme and probably will not pass. And all I can say is I hope that they do not. But <laughs> what they're doing though is these bills are exposing a fundamental lie of the pro-life movement. And that is that they don't want to criminalize the person who is pregnant. No more. They can't, they can't say that any longer. They can't. So bills being introduced in Arkansas, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Texas are wanting to establish that life begins at conception and each of these bills specifically states uh, homicide charges for abortion and in some of those states and actually in all of those states homicide is punishable by the death penalty and there doesn't seem to be an exception for, you know, excluding the death penalty. But I mean, life imprisonment because you had an, abor an abortion. Uh, the bills that are in Oklahoma and Texas and South Carolina explicitly state that medication abortion, which is kind of in a gray zone, um, also can be uh, punishable with uh, homicide. 
and the death penalty. <laughs> so uh, it, it's kind of getting out of hand, don't you think? especially since these bills that are being written and enacted in many cases do not make any exception for rape. And I don't understand why this is all falling on the responsibility of the woman. Or the girl. If you're raped, that means it's not consensual. That means that you're having a violent act forced upon you. But if you get pregnant because of it, somehow it's your fault. If you can't afford the baby, there's nothing in any of these bills that says, hey, the state's going to help you out. We're going to pay uh, the cost of making sure that the baby, the, the, the fetus, is receiving the medical care that is deemed necessary by medical professionals. We're going to cover that for you. We're going to provide you with that insurance. And if you need to take special vitamins or things like that, we're going to do that as well. We're also going to help you purchase the things that you need when you have a baby. You got to have clothes and a place for the baby to sleep. You got to have a lot of stuff for a single person or for a teenager who is not working and trying to go to school. What parents are going to pay for it? Maybe the parents can't afford it. It's like there's no provision whatsoever for helping a woman deal with the very real-life impact of being pregnant. The only thing that they're doing is say, well, you got to have the baby, period. And then they want to just walk away, and that's that. And it doesn't work that way, and it shouldn't work that way, and shame on them for trying to shove this off on the American people. This is really an outrage. Truly, no provision for making sure that the parents of this child that is so precious that they will go to the extreme of threatening the mother with the potential of being put to death if she even thinks about having an abortion. <laughs> it's just unreal. But they're not going to do anything to help support that child and make sure it has a, a safe uh, place to sleep at night and that it's not going hungry. They're cutting back on funding for meals at schools. They don't even want, they don't even care if the kid has food. And these are Republicans that are doing this. These are not Democrats. These are, without exception, Republicans. And I have to wonder about the Republicans, the, the voters, who vote for these people and support them and think that this is okay, because I'm not hearing 
that there's a lot of backlash from their supporters. If Democrats do something that I don't like, I get on the phone and I complain. Because none of them are perfect. But I don't hear that there's a big backlash on on Republicans in uh, local, state, and federal uh, on federal at federal levels that uh, their constituents are calling, saying, "What the heck are you doing here?" Because uh, you know, what are we doing to make sure that these people can afford to have this baby? I don't. I don't get it. I don't know how they sleep at night, honestly. And those who go to church. How do they sit down on Sunday mornings in the pew and pray (laughs) knowing that they're doing this? And I ask myself, well, is this something that Jesus would do? Would this be okay with Jesus? I kind of think it wouldn't be. But it shows me that uh, they just don't really care. Life is life, and I don't understand how life in the first nine months could be more valuable or precious than life after a person is born. It also looks like some of these laws could very well, in the process of establishing personhood for fetuses, could also open the door to people who are pregnant being brought up on battery and assault charges if they do something to endanger the fetus. So it's going to be a real problem. And the thing that bothers me as much as anything else is the fact that it does take two to make a baby. Why is it that all of the punishment is falling on the woman? Where is the notation in these bills that whoever fathers the child is responsible for, oh, um, I don't know, child support from the moment of conception uh, and responsible for perhaps the medical bills or at least a big part of them? The woman has to... uh, lug the baby around for nine months if she's going to be forced to have that baby. And uh, she's going to probably miss some work. She's going to need some time off after she has the baby. Uh, Seems like the father ought to be responsible for paying all of her bills while she is off work. Child care. You know, that wouldn't make it right, but it would certainly show that these people who are writing these bills are thinking it out thoroughly. It's like there's a there's a life cycle, there's a circle, and all of it involves expenses and responsibilities for the parents. But here we are, all of the responsibilities for everything are on the woman, and the men walk. Apparently, most of the bills that are being written are men writing them. Maybe we need to get some women to write these bills, huh? I heard a horror story not too long ago about a married woman. 
She wanted to have a baby. She and her husband wanted to have a baby. They had had some trouble getting pregnant. And finally she got pregnant and they were, they were happy. They were thrilled. They were delighted. They were going to be parents. And then something happened one night. And I don't recall how far along she was into the pregnancy, but it was, uh, uh, she was into it a couple of months or a few months. And she had a partial miscarriage where the baby is partially coming out of her body and it gets stuck. Can you imagine? <laughs> and the doctors felt that they, they could hear a heartbeat and they couldn't do anything until the heartbeat was gone on the fetus. And she has literally, <laughs> I can't even imagine, half in, half out, and it's stuck. And she needs surgery, but that would be considered an abortion in the state she lives in. Really? That's cruelty. How in the world can that be okay with the American Medical Association? Is that an approved treatment. And the problem is the doctors in some states are so confused that they have to get on the phone with the attorneys to find out if they can do something because most of these laws are written so poorly, people don't really know what they can and can't do. Why are we paying these people all of this money to write garbage that nobody understands. They probably don't even understand what they're doing. And they certainly are not thinking about all of the repercussions, nor do they care, apparently. I see these legislators have constituents respond to them on social media about this is a problem. I would expect that representative or a staff member to respond and say, I will make sure that the Senator knows about this or the representative knows about this. If you would contact me at uh, the Senator's or the rep's office with your information, uh, we will get back to you, let you know what's going on, but they never do. They just ignore it. This is garbage legislation and we should not be tolerating this as a society. The American people deserve better representation than this. And the, the thing that's sad about this is these laws impact the poor more than they do anybody else. Some woman or female, daughter, wife of some rich Texas oilman who finds themselves pregnant and not wanting a pregnancy can get on a plane and go fly someplace in most cases and get a legal safe abortion. Or if it's not legal, they can at least get a safe one. Poor people can't do that. And what about when you've had a partial miscarriage? <laughs> You're supposed to like go get on a plane and fly someplace to get it taken care of. How do you do that? 
But these are the kinds of things that are happening now. I've read there are women who live in these states where abortion is a problem. They've had problems in their family with pregnancy in the past. They're afraid to get pregnant now because they're afraid if something happens, they will not be able to get the health care that they need to deal with it. This is not acceptable. Shouldn't be acceptable to, to anyone. But apparently, as a country, we're now going to all be hypocrites, I guess, and say, well, life is precious. We must protect life. We're pro-life, but life is only for the first nine months. After that, we don't really know what you want to call it, but in our opinion, based on the way we're legislating, what happens after the baby comes out of the mom is not life anymore because we certainly are not pro-life at that point. Because life requires clean air, potable water to drink, needs an education so that it can support itself at some point, needs to be clothed, it needs to be fed, it needs health care. They don't want any of that. Nope, don't want any of that. So what is it after the first nine months? We've defined now that life apparently in the minds of some people begins at the moment of conception and it lasts until the baby pops out and at that point it's what? Expendable? Apparently so. They don't mind lying to start a war like George W. Bush did and sending these lives, these expendable lives, over to a foreign country on lies, on, char on charges that were trumped up and let them die or get mutilated by roadside bombs. Uh, that's okay. That is okay. And they sure don't mind uh, if they get shot while they're in school, kindergarten or you know, grade school, junior high, high school, colleges, whatever, <laughs> movie theaters, grocery stores. Apparently that in life, it's expendable. It's something else. It's expendable life. Not as valuable as the life in the first nine months. The first nine months, we're willing to put to death somebody that would abort a life during that time. But after they're born and out walking around and have a family of their own and all of that, if they get killed, are we, gonna, are we going to abort the person that killed that person with a gun? Mm, sometimes, I guess they could, but usually not. Kyle Rittenhouse certainly didn't have too much of a punishment for killing two people when he went out looking for trouble that night. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the jury was thinking, but obviously if you're not old enough to have a gun and you're out in an area at night where there's protesting and there's been violence, you show up with a gun, you're looking for trouble. And he found it, but he didn't get punished. Anyway, we're not finished with this yet. 
folks, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And we're waiting to hear about the uh, abortion. The medicine abortion is kind of resting in the hands of a right-wing Texas federal judge right now who, with the stroke of his signature, could make medicine abortions illegal all across the country. So I guess we'll get ready for the back alley and the uh, basement abortions where we have women die because they got a botched abortion because they can't go get a safe one because they were raped and they're shamed because their father raped them or their uncle or their brother or the neighbor next door. It's really sad. It's really sad. Land of the free, home of the brave. And this is the way women have to live in the United States of America. It's disgraceful. So after these babies are born and they survive their infancy and they become toddlers and you know adolescents teenagers young adults there's like this progression as they age they're capable of doing more and more they're exposed to more things too so they have to be protected against bad things you know bad things like well drag queens oh yeah those drag queens how many people die every day because of drag queens mm, can't find a statistic on that so i'm going to guess it's not a problem but yes we can't have the kids exposed to drag queens because they promote this deviant behavior yeah, it's really bad when you have a drag queen sitting in a library reading a children's book to a group of children with their parents sitting there usually. That's very deviant. That's bad. Cannot have the precious children exposed to things that might be upsetting to them or grooming to them. So we've got to take books off of the bookshelves in the libraries and schools that might tell them how horribly some people have been treated by society in the past, like African-Americans who were slaves and were bought and sold like a used car. You know, oh, well, we're going to get a newer model, so I'll sell this one to you. I'm going to keep the rest of their family, though, but you can have them. And if they don't do a good job, they get beaten. And that's okay, because as African-Americans, they don't have any rights. They're not really people. And they have a higher threshold of pain. So it doesn't really hurt them as much as it would hurt a white person. And yes, I am being very, very sarcastic here, but that is the attitude that existed. And it's wrong. 
but we don't want our kids to know about that. Why? Well, it might upset them. Well, do you think it upset the little African-American kids, the black kids that watched their parents being beaten, that watched their moms and their sisters being raped, often by the plantation owner? Do you think maybe we need to let them know about that so that we can make sure things like that never, ever happen again? What about the Native American, the Indians that were here? They got shoved around. They've been treated poorly. Do you not think that kids ought to know about that? And how about the way we have treated Jewish people in the past? Oh, well, I know there's a lot of people that don't think that that whole thing happened with Hitler and the Nazis and all that, which is ridiculous. But yeah, Jewish people get discriminated against. Well, we don't really want to talk about that. Muslim people, oh yeah, no. Can't have any books in schools and we can't allow the teacher to talk about things that might be disturbing to the kids. Can't talk about gay people. We can't talk about trans people, even though there's probably friends in their class that are gay and possibly trans. Kids transitioning, is, it's not like there's a bunch of them doing it. You know, they act like it's <laughs> just tens of thousands every day, but it, it's not. But it's okay. It's okay to take those kids to Hooters where the wait staff is barely dressed or to the football game where the cheerleaders have stuff hanging out or the beach, swimming pools, go to a, a, a swimming pool at the country club. They're going to see more than they would see on a, with a drag queen there. It's just disgraceful. Truly, it is. But we have to protect the children, right? Got to protect the children from all of these bad things. Because all the gay people are out to con convert everybody, make everybody gay. Which is a lie, of course. Still being sarcastic here because it's a way that I can deal with talking about this stuff because some of it is so absolutely infuriating and so ridiculous. Not a violent person, but sometimes I would just like to walk up to some of these people and just slap them hard and say, are you stupid? What the hell are you talking about here? Come on. Yeah, but we got to protect our kids from all of this stuff. Got to protect them. Parents have got to show up at school board meetings and threaten teachers. Threaten violence. I've seen notes that have been left 
for people that are involved in, in education. Sometimes they will leave the note with, the, with that person's children. I'm going to kill your mommy or I'm going to kill your daddy if they don't stop doing so-and-so. And I'm going to kill you too. Yeah. But that's... <laughs> It's okay, I guess. I guess it depends on how you look at it and who's doing it, huh? But you know what? <laughs> because children are so precious, and because in the past, the corporate America system utilized child labor as a cheap way of running their businesses. And young kids, 10, 11 years old, years ago, would operate dangerous machinery. Sometimes they would lose a limb or their life because they're too young to understand all of the dangers. So a lot of child labor laws were put into effect to protect children. You know, got to protect them. Except now the Republicans in Arkansas, for instance, have passed a bill that will allow children as young as 14 to work without obtaining permission first. And Arkansas isn't the only state that's in the process of doing this. Republicans want children to be able to work in dangerous jobs. So state legislatures in Arkansas passed a bill that eliminates the existing requirements that kids under the age of 16 had to obtain a permit first in order to go to work. And Companies in Arkansas that wanted to employ 14 or 15 year olds would be required to obtain a permit first before they put the kid to work, showing proof of age, and they had to have written permission from one of the parents or guardians of the kid. And they had to provide a description of the work and the work schedule. Because at this age, of course, they have to go to school. And the bill, which was titled the Youth Hiring Act of 2023, weakens the state's oversight of child labor laws by eliminating the need for a permit altogether. Other states that are looking at uh, loosening child protective labor laws include Iowa and Ohio. In Iowa, if the bill passes, it will allow minors as young as 15 years old to serve alcohol. 15-year-old. They can't drink it, but they can serve it. And it would allow 14-year-olds to work in industrial freezers and meat coolers. Yeah. Here, Mary, I know you're 14 years old and you got to go home and do homework, but would you go over there and load up all of those... Um, Carcasses, please throw them in that uh, 
throw them in that bin so that we can haul them off. And there's some heads over there that are laying around. Would you pick all those up and put them in bags or something, please? And uh, there might be some gloves or something you could wear over there. But if not, you can wash your hands when you're done. Yeah. Ohio's bill would allow minors to work year-round until 9 p.m. Even on school nights. 14-year-old kids working till 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> I can remember my first job. I, uh, well, I worked for my dad. My dad had his own business. And, uh, I had to put, um, uh, it was a chemical. It was not something that you would want to drink or get in your eyes or breathe too much of, but it was a chemical that I would put in uh, these tins. And I put the cap on them and they had pint-sized tins and gallon-sized tins. And the chemical came in two different colors. And then we had, there were decals that you'd put on those tins so you'd know what color it was, even though it was the same thing. Some people liked different color. And when I'd fill up the tins, I'd put them in boxes. And when the boxes were full, I would seal them, stick a label on the outside of the box. And based on the size of the box, you could tell what size the tins were. And the labels were printed in the same colors as the chemical. And it was... Um, I would get it on my skin occasionally and it didn't really burn or anything like that. It wasn't that dangerous. It was, it felt cold, but, uh, there was a rinse station right there where I could rinse, uh, rinse it off. But I was in a supervised environment and there were always adults around and I was, uh, I was 14, but it was a summer job and I was working for my dad because I wanted to. But uh, obviously, my dad had me as a priority and my safety as a priority. But when I got older and I was in high school, when I wanted to work a job as a uh, server in a restaurant, he told me that was fine, but he didn't want me working on school nights. I could work on Friday nights. I could work on Saturday nights. Occasionally, uh, Sunday brunch if I wanted to. And, of course, during the summer when I wasn't in school, I could work as much as I wanted to. But not on school nights. And I was, you know, 17 at the time. Can't imagine a 14-year-old kid working until 9 o'clock at night and then going to school the next morning and doing a good job. The Arkansas Senate, uh, of course, Arkansas is controlled by Republicans, along with the State House and the Governor's Mansion. Let's not forget Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, the bill, uh, the the Arkansas Senate passed the bill twenty four to nine, and uh, the previous month the. State House also passed the same bill with a very comfortable margin as well. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor, has uh, signed the bill.
And uh, a spokesman for the governor told the Democrat Gazette, quote, the governor believes protecting kids is most important, but doing so with arbitrary burdens on parents to get permission from the government for their child to get a job is burdensome and obsolete. All child labor laws will still apply, and we expect businesses to comply just as they are required to do now. Okay. (laughs) So these um, attempts to cut regulations regarding child labor um, are happening even though there has been a, I would say, a, a rash of events regarding child labor recently that are concerning. For instance, the federal government fined a sanitation company privately owned by Blackstone, that's one of the biggest private investment firms anywhere, Um, they got fined for employing more than 100 miners to clean slaughterhouses. Ten of those children were working at Tyson Foods and George's Incorporated plants in Arkansas. Um, Children cleaning slaughterhouses. Now, does that sound like something that uh, is appropriate? Really? Um, I can tell you at the age of 14, my father would have never let me clean a slaughterhouse. I swept out his his plant. He had a uh, warehouse that I would sweep out occasionally, but there wasn't anything uh, like bloody around. (laughs) Unbelievable. And uh, the New York Times did an investigation um, and the allegation uh, in their conclusion was that migrant child labor runs rampant throughout the supply chains of some of the most recognizable U.S. brands. So, uh, really, how much do we care about our children, Republicans? It's okay for them to clean up slaughterhouses and to operate dangerous machinery? I, yeah, I sure don't get that. I don't get that at all. So it seems to me that uh, there's uh, some contradictions here and there's some hypocrisy here because you can't say you're pro-life and take extreme steps to protect life only during the first nine months. If you consider that a life, even though during much of that time, it's not sustain. It can't sustain its own life. It's dependent upon the mother. You don't care how that life was created, whether it was a rape or incest or whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's precious, precious, precious. But the minute it pops out, you don't care if it gets food, medical care, if it has a place, the safe place to sleep at night, if it has clothing and education or anything else. Forget it. How is that pro-life? Would somebody please tell me? 
I would love to know. How is that pro-life? Can you explain to me how the first nine months are so precious, but then after that, if it gets slaughtered in a mass murder at school because somebody has a right to carry an AR-15 and just come in and just start shooting people? And the Republicans aren't going to do a darn thing about it. They've had decades to do something about it. We've had mass murders in this country for decades. They won't do a thing about it. I would like to know what the difference is between life in the first nine months and then the rest of the time. Because it doesn't seem to me that they give a shoot after the first nine months. And now, (laughs) they'll let these kids go clean out slaughterhouses. Seriously? Shame on you, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And we know you're a liar because we saw you stand there in the White House and lie for Donald Trump day after day after day. So much for your Christian values. I'll tell you what you can do with your Christian values. I'll tell you exactly where you can shove them. But I don't think there's any room. Anyway, so much for that, huh? Somebody explain to me how it's okay for these kids to work until 9 o'clock at night cleaning out slaughterhouses. So, what other steps are the Republicans taking to protect our precious children? Thank goodness they're protecting them from those evil drag queens that are so violent. So many children die every day because of those mean drag queens. (laughs) And their lewd behavior. By the way, if there's any lewd behavior with a drag queen, it's probably in a nightclub, in a bar. And children probably aren't allowed in there to begin with. So it's really not a problem. I have never seen lewd behavior. Suppose it may happen occasionally, but generally during drag queen reading, like I said, there's parents around and librarians are around. And... I have friends who have kids and they have taken them to see drag shows. There's a restaurant in in a, a city where friends live and they have drag queens that put on shows for everybody. And the kids love it. Absolutely love it. And the parents are right there with them. And none of the kids have turned out to be gay or have any weird psychological problems. They just have a great time. The food's good. So they're protecting the kids from the gay people and uh, the evils of, of history where white people have treated minorities really horrible, just awful. So we're gonna we're gonna hide all that from them. We're just gonna erase that from history. Because that would just be too hard for them to handle. But it's okay for them to go clean slaughterhouses. And you know what else? It's okay for them to get married at a really young age. Do you know that uh, there was a ban, um, a bill that would ban child marriage in West Virginia? 
and it was defeated by Republicans. Um, children as young as 16 can marry in West Virginia with parental consent. And if you're younger than 16, you can get married, but you have to get a judge's waiver as well as the, parent, as the parent's consent. So in West Virginia, a 14-year-old girl could indeed marry a 40-something-year-old man. Yeah. Is that appropriate? 14 years old? Well, apparently we know 10 years old can get pregnant. <laughs> What about a, you know, a 14 or 15 year old boy marrying a 60 year old woman? Well, if you live in West Virginia, you betcha. If you can get the parents, maybe the 60 year old woman is rich. She could buy the boy, the 14 year old boy from the parents, get the consent, and then she could pay off the judge to get a waiver from the judge as well. Because this is an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the bill was rejected um, on a nine to eight vote um, in uh, the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. But uh, the uh, main sponsor of the bill was a um, person by the name of Kayla Young. And uh, she testified that since 2000, there have been more than 3,600 marriages in the state involving one or more children. And this bill would have no floor for the age of marriage. So I guess if you were eight or nine years old, you could marry an adult in West Virginia if this bill had passed. And thank goodness it didn't. But. Um, the uh, opponents of the bill have argued that teenage marriages are a part of life in West Virginia. <laughs> so, okay, but that's not an isolated case, folks. That's not an isolated case. There are similar things in uh, what Tennessee I've heard about. Um, Tennessee uh, Republicans were pushing a bill um, on the uh, children getting married, uh, Wyoming um, Republicans criticized a bill that raised the legal age to get married in Wyoming to 18. Wyoming apparently is one of eight states that uh, does not have a minimum age requirement for marriage. So... Uh, if you're five years old, you have a kid that's five years old, I guess they could marry a 30-year-old person. As long as they're probably the opposite sex. Of course, it could be a same-sex marriage, of course. That, well, that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? So this bill um, in Wyoming would have set a minimum age of 18 as the minimum age to get married, and they would have made exceptions for 16 and 17-year-olds. So, gosh, get your driver's license at 16 and get a ring on your finger. You could do it all at the same time, maybe, huh? <laughs> so, uh, 
I I don't get it, folks. I, I really don't. Um. Uh, there's a quote here, quote, marriage is the only institution in Wyoming statute designed to keep a child's father and mother living under the same roof and cooperating in the raising of any children that they together conceive. That is a, the natural right of every child, end quote. This was from the Wyoming Republican Party. Yes. So uh, the email does mention that uh, minors are capable of bearing children before they're 16 years old and that marriage should be an open option for the sake of those children. (laughs) Okay, so if you rape a 14-year-old and she gets pregnant, you ought to have the right to marry her, right? Do you see how nuts this is, folks? This is not <laughs> this is not a a show on uh, Amazon or on uh, uh, HBO or Cinemax or uh, any of those. This is reality. This is stuff that Republicans in various states around the country are trying to push through and make law. So let me make sure I have this straight. (laughs) We've got to protect children against even their own moms during the first nine months. Doesn't matter. Rape, incest. (laughs) Doesn't matter. What if it was a 10-year-old girl and she got raped by her father and her uncle and her brother and her cousin all at the same time and then got pregnant and they wouldn't have any idea who the father was? Nope. She has to have the baby. There are some states where that is reality right now. But what the heck? If she lives in Wyoming, she can just get married to one of them, I guess. Or do they prohibit you marrying members of your own family? Is that still a bad thing? Or have they just not gotten around to that yet? (laughs) Maybe that's next on their list. So, yeah, we got to protect them from the drag queens. We got to protect them from the black people and the people who aren't Christians and white. That covers a lot of people. Got to protect them from all of that. Can't learn history or anything like that. But we got to make sure that they aren't exposed to drag queens or trans people or gay people. All of those things are so important. But it's okay to let them work in dangerous jobs at a young age. They can clean slaughterhouses and pick up animal carcass parts. That's okay. 
And in some states, by gosh, they ought to be able to get married. If they can get pregnant, they can get raped and get pregnant. By gosh, they ought to have the right to get married. Is a 14-year-old child capable of deciding that it's okay to marry a person? I mean, or do they, does it even matter if they are attracted to the person or if they care about the person? Or what if it's just somebody coming through town and, hey, that little 14-year-old girl's kind of cute. You want to sell her to me? I'll, I'll marry her. <laughs> it's barbaric, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's remove all of the child labor laws, as many as we can. And let me tell you, if they, they, they start whittling away at this stuff, they aren't going to stop. This is all about corporations being able to make money because they pay these kids next to nothing. They don't have to pay them health care or anything like that. And we've got Republicans pushing this through. Do you see what they're doing here, folks? They're taking away your rights and your liberties and your freedoms. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Wearing a mask to prevent a virus that is deadly from being transmitted as easily is an imposition on your rights and freedoms. <laughs> but if your kid gets raped in some of these states and gets pregnant, well, they have to have that baby. That's not an imposition on their rights or freedoms or liberties, is it? Or is it? Gosh, it kind of seems like it is, huh? You ought to have the right to not wear a mask or get a vaccine, but if you get pregnant, you have no rights. You have to have that baby. Then that's okay. Really? This is nuts, folks. Absolutely nuts. I'm going to go bang my head on the wall now for about 15 minutes and pull my hair out with a pair of pliers because I cannot believe the stuff that I'm reading here. And it just keeps getting worse the more that you read. It's just incredible. Um, yeah, I just, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. So on that happy note, I'm going to let you go. But uh, I think that this once again proves that Republicans are hypocrites because they want to tell you that they're the party of fiscal conservancy. Yet 25% of our debt, all-time debt, from the beginning of our country's founding until now, 25% of it is Republicans. And it's done recently, like during the Donald Trump administration, when they added almost $8 trillion to our debt. No way to pay for it. They just stuck it in there. And now all of a sudden they're worried about the debt ceiling. That's hypocrisy, folks. It's hypocrisy. They tell you how precious life is and that a woman cannot have an abortion if she gets pregnant and it doesn't matter how she got pregnant. But then if that kid gets its head blown off in a mass shooting while it's at school, well, it's okay. That is hypocrisy. They tell you that we must protect our children from drag queens. But if a 40-year-old stranger comes along and wants to marry your 14-year-old girl in some of these states, well, that's fine. 
Children ought to have a right to marry. <laughs> and let's send these little kids to the slaughterhouse at Tyson in Arkansas. They can work until 9 o'clock at night cleaning up bloody carcasses. But let's not teach them about how awful we were to the slaves. We don't even want them to know that slaves existed because that would just be too much for their delicate little minds to handle. Ugh. <laughs> I'd like to tell these Republicans where they could go, but I'm pretty sure hell will not have them anymore. And on that note, I'm going to let you guys go. And gals, I'm sorry. Got to throw the gals in there. I appreciate your time. Hope you guys have a, hope all of you have a good afternoon and evening this uh it's a tuesday afternoon and i should get this edited and sent to the syndicator pretty soon so some of you may get it right away if you subscribe some of the platforms are a little slower because i'm not um an important person so my podcast gets stuck at the bottom of the update list i think sometimes anyway Hope you have a good afternoon unless you have other plans. Thank you so much for your time. I truly, truly appreciate it. And uh, rant over. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy. And I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.